Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach. You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. Congratulations to the Jacksonville Jaguars, the 1999 St. Louis Rams Surprise Team of the Year Award winner here at the first annual Kenny's, the Kenny Awards on ESPN 106.3. And a massive congratulations to the Green Bay Packers who have taken home the dog crap of the year, most disappointing team in the NFL. The Jaguars and the Packers, early big winners and the 2023 Kennys. Along with Cyrus Wittig, I'm Ken Lavica, the silent assassin Christian Cat, here until 2 o'clock on ESPN 106.3. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care, they have a team of skilled orthopedic sports medicine surgeons and specialists that specialize in surgical and non-surgical treatments to get you back to what you love. Don't put off seeing a doctor. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho today for more information. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading-edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle Joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. There are not many things in life where I sit back. I'm not an overly religious person by any stretch, okay? And I'm not going to sit there and disparage people who are religious. What's the point in that? That's just stupid. That's mean. That's needless. I just happen to not be a big believer. But there are some things that happen at times that do cause me to pause and sit back and at least wonder how did that happen if it wasn't for some sort of higher power, whatever entity it might be, convening some sort of miraculous chain of events, right? And that's exactly what happened yesterday in Buffalo, where after the hell week that the Bills have had with Damar Hamlin and uh, wondering if he was going to die, watching him basically dead on the field Monday night in Cincinnati, the vigil that took place, Worldwide, not just the NFL, but worldwide over the well-being of that young man, only to have him start to uh, breathe on his own, then communicate on his own, then talk on his own, then he's FaceTiming teammates and he's sending messages to the world via social media. That was good enough. But yesterday was the part where I thought to myself, how does this happen if not for some sort of of higher power, some sort of entity. And this is me believing this, someone who is who's certainly not religious by any stretch. But Naheem Hines opens the game yesterday against the Patriots with this 96-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. And I know this is your time. You'd like to keep us updated. Yeah, we'll keep everybody posted on Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Miami and the Jets were underway as New England decided to defer after winning the toss. And here's Hines on the run back, breaking a tackle and taking it past midfield. And down the sideline he goes. This is storybook. An opening kickoff return for Tamar Hamlin. And this place is absolutely going wild. Oh, you just said this is storybook. This is almost fate. I just can't believe what just happened. Josh Allen, the same thing. Six days removed from this 
Incredible. Can't believe it. Scene that we saw with the Bills player down in Cincinnati, and now. So that is Jim Nance, Tony Romo. We definitely could have used less Tony Romo on that call yesterday on CBS. Jim Nance, a fantastic call, only to have Tony Romo come barreling in at the end of it. Tony, Tony, it's okay to let it breathe in that moment, man. We didn't need you. But it doesn't change the fact. How does that happen? Like, how? How does that happen? That is as improbable and as miraculous but also equal parts fitting as maybe anything I've ever seen in sports. And I'm not being a prisoner of the moment. How does, after what we saw Monday night, how does that happen into that opening the game yesterday? N- nothing you could write. H- nothing! Nothing you could write. No, no sports movie could you ever come up with a script like that. The, the real life beats any sports movie, any urban legend story ever. I mean, that was in. Incredible. Come on. Like, come on. How? It's awesome. It it, it is awesome. And I this is this is me who I I can't stand Bill's fans. I'm constantly taking shots, but this is the problem that's happening with me now. I'm being torn apart from the inside. Okay. Because how can I when when does this period end? When does this period end where I can go back mm. to to taking shots at Bills fans and making fun of Bills Mafia and despising the Buffalo Bills? Because I'm finding it very difficult, A, to even broach that, but B, to even find anything to take any shots about now. Like, the, everything in Bill's world is inspiring. Everything in Bill's world right now seems like it is the right place in the world. I am I am absolutely torn apart because how can you not sit back and watch that after last week and say, man, this is destiny. And don't you feel great for it, for those people and for that team and the 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 human beings in that locker room. There's just nothing bad right now in Bill's world. It's exceptional, exceptional stuff yesterday. I think, man, it's there's so many pieces to it when you talk about how can you hate on or hate the Bills or you know, pile on. This moratorium, I think, lasts know, through the end of the through year. Through the end of the year, no doubt about it. But for me, what is is like the is the toughest thing and and you know, as a as a Chiefs guy, as a Mahomes lover, there's the constant Allen Mahomes rivalry, and you're, you know, with the Manning Brady, it was always how can I put the other guy down? But uh, with, with with Josh Allen, like it's impossible to do that one because going into this, he he's such a likable guy, and then two in the post game press conference, he starts talking about that moment, and he starts he gets choked up and starts crying, and it gets a little teary eyed, and in in this era. Where, you know, of like the toxic masculinity and, and all this stuff. And like you expect the, the NFL quarterback to like be stoic and emotionless. And it's just like so refreshing for a guy who plays the most masculine, violent sport to just, just show that vulnerability and that emotion and just be like, man, Josh, like I hate you, 
I mean, I don't, but like it, <laughs> From it's a just football, it's football just football hate and human hate. Uh, are two of different course, things. of course. Like I can't stand how good he is, but just to 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 let to to watch a guy like that be let himself be emotional and and feel it is just you can't you can't hate on the guy. The guy is incredible. The moment was incredible, and like you said, the moratorium extends throughout the season. It, 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 these guys have a, a free pass, and they they are. I hate to say it, the team of destiny in 2023. So yesterday, I um, I it was my wife's birthday, um, and so I just rented out a little cabana at a resort in Fort Lauderdale, and so we went there with a family, and and we're hanging out, and so they had uh, the the TV in there. And by the way, to this resort, and I'll 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 leave them nameless right now, but we got in, and they're like, hey, we'll um. We'll fix up the TV. The TV's been been uh, a little bit wonky. I'm like, well, I hope so because the whole point of us coming here was so that we would be able to watch the Dolphins game while we're here. So, yeah, if you could send someone, that would be great. But they they kept waiting to send someone. And it, and it, it was turning into 11.15, into 11.30, into 11.45. And so me, neurotic me, I started to get panicky. And what didn't help is I'd been drinking a little champagne, so a little buzz, and I'm a little on edge with that. Like, oh, we got to get this moving. So what I did, um, it was DirecTV. I, I, I took the access card out, put it back in, reset the DirecTV box. And I haven't done anything on DirecTV or with DirecTV in probably a decade at this point. And I fixed the damn thing. You're the man. Yeah. Sa- you saved it. You saved. I-, I saved the day, baby. Baby, I hope you know I saved the day. Happy birthday, baby. That <laughs> that TV fix was for you. Okay. Um. But but the invoice is coming. Um. Yeah. Resort. It- it's coming. Okay. Because you said you would send someone, and then you didn't, and then I had to to fix it. My own blood, sweat, and tears fixed the direct TV box. Okay. I had my own tumult. During the course of this week as well, okay? So I want to make this about me. Anyways, um, so once 1 o'clock finally hits, uh, I, we had the Dolphins game on, and I look at my phone. And again, I had been drinking some champagne, so things are a little cloudy for me right now. And I almost thought it was a joke. I, I look down, and I see 1446, and I see 7 nothing Buffalo. And I was like, oh, that's got to be a mistake. And then I checked the play-by-play. I see 96-yard kickoff return touchdown Naheem Hines. I'm like, what in the hell? And sure enough, at the Tiki Bar that was near our cabana, I saw the highlight for the first time. How? How does that happen? It's awesome. But then you juxtapose that against what happened last night at Lambeau Field with eternal dumbass Quay Walker, their first-round pick, the linebacker, who shoved a Detroit trainer who came out onto the field to check on an injured Lions player. This trainer came out, and Quay Walker is standing over this injured player, so the trainer lightly brushes his arm so he can wedge himself between Walker and the injured Lions player to check on his condition. What does Quay Walker do? He takes exception to it and pushes this guy in the back and almost forces him to tumble on the injured Lions player. One, on its face, that's just despicable. That's just gross. That's just negligent behavior. But especially this weekend, of all weekends, of all weeks, for him to do that to a trainer in the NFL. And Quay Walker tried to take to Twitter last night to apologize and all that. Honestly, not ready for that. What What a bleep up Quay Walker is. This isn't the first time that he's accosted someone either this season. 
on a sideline, a staff member. He did it against Buffalo earlier in the year as well. Got ejected for that, right? Yeah. And he got ejected last night for what he pulled with the trainer. Sorry, Clay, I'm not, and here's his apology on Twitter. I understand I have to face everything that comes with the decision I've made, and I'm definitely paying for it now. Also to explain my frustration in the tunnel, because there was NBC showing him uh, in anguish in the tunnel as he walked to the locker room after getting ejected. And to explain my frustration in the tunnel, I wasn't upset about being kicked out. I knew I messed up again and was wrong for what I did and couldn't believe I did it again. To the Detroit Lions and to the entire training staff, including the person I did that to, I'm sorry. Honestly, Quay Walker right now, nobody wants to hear that. Bleep off. Bleep, uh, bleep off. And then there's his teammate, Devontae Wyatt, who came in as if Quay Walker was the one being hassled yeah. or attacked by the trainer and chest bumped the trainer as, uh, I'm here, bro, you want to do something? If I was a Packers fan after seeing how Aaron Rodgers played last night and then Aaron Rodgers once again preparing to take the, the organization hostage with his post-game comments, am I going to retire, am I not going to retire? The way your team laid down and, and quit last night and didn't execute, and then the behavior of Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt, if I was a Packers fan, I would be mortified today. I would be disgusted today. That is abhorrent. From every single direction, abhorrent in every sense of the word, the Packers last night, the Green Bay Packers as an organization, and especially Quay Walker and Devontae White. This week of all weeks, what could you possibly be thinking? That is the apex of dumbassery last night. It's disgusting. Just disgusting. I don't know any other way to put it. So you've got Naheem Hines into Quay Walker and Devontae White. I mean, that is... The best of the best to the worst of the worst last night. And it all happened within, what, six hours? A six-hour span? Seven-hour span? I mean, absolutely ridiculous. Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3, uh, as well as the free ESPN app. Let's go ahead and give our nominees for another award. It's the Kennys, the 2023 Kennys, our NFL season-ending awards here on ESPN 106.3. Our next award... The usually the Jacksonville Jaguars tank of the year. The usually the Jacksonville Jaguars tank of the year. And the nominees are the Indianapolis Colts, who brought in Jeff Saturday to coach the rest of the season. The Houston Texans, who set up a roster befitting of a Palm Beach County high school team in 2022. The Carolina Panthers who knowingly brought in Baker Mayfield this season and then fired the coach who did so in Matt Rule. And the Chicago Bears, who ended up winning the number one pick in the NFL draft yesterday. Those are your nominees for the usually the Jacksonville Jaguars tank of the year. The Bears, the Colts, the Texans, and the Panthers. That leads me to this question, Cyrus. Lovey Smith fired Early this morning is the head coach of the Houston Texans. Is it for the fact they had such a miserable season, or is it because they won yesterday and handed the Bears the number one overall pick in the draft? I would say it's because he had such a miserable season. I mean, obviously, it was the worst-case scenario for the future of the Texans franchise. 
it, it's so hard to to blame this on Lovey Smith because it's also it's like, impossible to blame it on like, Lovey. What are you gonna like? Oh, I, he's fired because he had like Davis Mills and his best receiver was Brandon Cooks and you know Damian. Like they they had no chance. They this team was set up to fail. Lovey Smith was the fall guy. Like it, it was never it was never going to work out for this team. I was really curious to see how far the Texans were going to push it yesterday and if they were going to say or, you know, when they when they scored the touchdown and then went for two to take the lead, I, I was wonder, wondering if we were going to see the impossible, which would have been them taking a knee instead of trying to for the two-point conversion. Yeah. I, I wanted to see that just for the fallout and the ramifications. Obviously, in the NFL, you're never going to play to lose. You can't, but... Gosh, I would have loved to see that because if you're going to say he didn't give them the results they had hoped for, could you say that if the Texans had taken the knee and gotten that that number one overall pick, would that have helped Lovey yeah. Smith's cause? Well, what it seems to me, Christian, is that Lovey Smith had already been fired. That decision had already been made. I, it, I don't, I don't see any other way that this went down. That has to be it. He has to have known that he was being fired. A conversation had to have been had that. You're not going to be here right. next year. Or he at least had an game. indication yes. of what was taking place. And his players were playing for him. And yeah, exactly. You can't play football safely by not like, trying. Like it is unsafe to play a football game by not trying. Right. So of course you're going to try every time on every play, but his players were playing for him. A couple of the plays were ridiculous. With a fourth and twenty <laughs> on that touchdown, Hail Mary essentially, and then of course the two point conversion. And you can't blame Lovey Smith. This team was, like you said, set up to fail when it fails, maybe not to the degree that you back your mind wanting to with the Brian Flores stuff. High alert, right? You can't actually have that real conversation. Hey, Lovey, you got to lose this game. Right. They probably couldn't have explicitly had that conversation or they took a big risk by having that conversation. But that was just to, uh, to besmirch the team that just fired him. Let's win this damn ball game. The Texans roster is so bad. Is so bad. And in back-to-back seasons, David Culley one and done, Lovey Smith one and done. Who would want to work for them? Who would want to represent that organization? They're gross too. We just talked about Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt. The Houston Texans are gross as well. Nick Casario, their GM, um, listen to this just empty statement. If I'm Lovey Smith and I see this statement from Nick Casario, I'm just thinking to myself, man... Screw off, dude. I don't want to hear your kind words. Quote, we're grateful for Lovey Smith's leadership and character, and we wish him the best moving forward. While we understand the results have not been what we hoped for, we're committed to building a program that produces long-term sustainable success. Our fans in City deserve a team that they can be proud of. Bro, you're the reason Lovey Smith went 3-13-1 this year. Nick Casario, you, you, you're the one who put that roster together. You're the reason David Culley had problems last year. You're the reason all of this is horrid in Houston. Why would you ever want to work for that? Why would you ever want to be a part of that? I mean, it is so, so gross. And it's not sustainable. That's not tenable the way the Houston Texans do business either. This is bad. This is bad stuff. Um, I, I, I go through the Bears, Colts, Texans, and Panthers. For the tank of the year, I think solely by hiring Jeff Saturday, just past the midway point of the season, it has to be the Colts, right? Like, that was an obvious, we are trying to punt on the rest of the year. And credit, credit to Jim Ursay for trying to do it, though, 
while also trying to present himself with a PR win. Like that, that is bold tanking. Unlike anything we've seen before, I think that the winner is the Colts here for going Jeff Saturday because Jim Irsay tried to play both sides. Lose as many as possible with a guy with absolutely no experience who's been in a TV studio the last couple of years. And, hey, Colts fans will like seeing him back on the sideline. That's a perfect attempt. A novel, unique attempt at tanking. I don't think you can... Because are we giving the award for... I think it's the effort. The effort. Yeah. The effort in the tank. Because I would argue the Bears didn't necessarily give a massive tanking effort. Agree. What they did was just be bad. Yeah. They don't get points for... It was lazy tanking. <sighs> if, if The courts went for it. If we're talking effort, and also you not only do you get points for the effort, I think you get points for the non-execution. I think I, I would go with the Panthers. Okay. Because they did trade. I mean, other other teams brought in bad coaches and, you know, and, and did some firing. But the Panthers actively tried to make the product on the field worse. They traded Baker. Ga- yeah. yeah. They traded Baker Mayfield. They traded their best receiver. And they traded Christian McCaffrey. And they traded Christian McCaffrey. And then they still almost won the division. I mean, <laughs> for, for trading okay. Christian, McCa- Christian McCaffrey, who is... You know, arguably, if you can, when he when he's healthy, one of if not the most dynamic players in the league in terms of being a, a pass catcher and a running back out of the backfield, and you get rid of him, you start obviously you already start Baker Mayfield a retread, then you go to a you go double retread with Darnold, then you go to PJ Walker, then you go back to Baker. I mean, the the effort and the 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 lack of execution. Being a, a couple plays away here and there from going to the playoffs, I'm going with the Carolina Panthers. Okay, all right. So Cyrus says the Panthers. I'm going to go with the Colts because, again, that's a bold attempt at tanking um, by bringing in a guy with no NFL head coaching experience, no NFL coaching experience, period. Not even any college coaching experience. Um, but he's Jeff Saturday, and Colts fans love him. I love that approach. Jim Mercy, well done. Cyrus says, well, it's the Panthers who traded basically all of their impact players, uh, fired their coach, and still almost won the division. The effort was absolutely there for the Panthers. Yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't give this award though based on result. Mm-hmm. The result doesn't matter in the tank of the year. It's truly the game plan and the effort that goes into the attempt to tank, Christian. I think that's the way that you judge this. Yeah, see, that's where I disagree. I think it's all about the trophies, right? It's about who <laughs> won the tank, and the Bears won the tank. Not only did they win the tank. They, like, backed into the tank. They backed into the tank, and they found their quarterback this year, which when do you ever see that? Like, they know Justin Fields will be their quarterback next year, and they're happy with that. Do he's they, though? Really, I think so. I don't I know. I think so. Yes, they do. He got hurt a little bit, took a couple of bumps. The guy was putting up rushing records as a quarterback. All I'll say is he better get a lot better at actually throwing the football, though, because that whole run, 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 run with that body, that is not sustainable. But who's he throwing the football to? Well, that's the problem. Yeah. Nobody. Darnell Mooney was supposed to break out this year, but and also he didn't. too, the problem is he he doesn't generally throw the football in the vicinity of any of the bodies <laughs> that do play receiver for the Bears. That's his biggest issue right now. Not necessarily who's attempting to catch the ball in that Bears offense. If something goes against my pick for Bears because they earlier in the season they went for Chase Claypool, mm-hmm. which ended up being what the thirty third, thirty second, thirty second pick, pick in, yeah. in the draft now, which is like what. Well, would have loved to have that pick <laughs> yeah, back probably, now. Probably, probably. But they, uh, <laughs> and he, I think he 
played like half the snaps. Ooh, yeah, he, yeah, was, yeah. he was completely a, a unremarkable exactly. in, in, in every sense. Uh, so here are your nominees for the usually the Jacksonville Jaguars tank of the year here on the Kennys on Ken Levick Alive, the Bears, the Colts, the Texans, and the Panthers. When we return here to a special edition of Ken Levick Alive, we'll go through the Skip Bayless dumbass moment of the year and whether or not it's exciting, the Dolphins are in the playoffs. He's Cyrus Wittig. I'm Ken Levicka. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levicka Live on ESPN 106.3. The Kennys, the 2023 Kennys, are season-ending NFL awards here on Ken Levicka Live, ESPN 106.3. So glad to have you along for the pageantry and the beauty of the Kennys. In case you're just joining us, our winner for the 1999 St. Louis Rams Surprise Team of the Year Award, the Jacksonville Jaguars, beating out the New York Jets, the New York Giants, the Seattle Seahawks, and the Detroit Lions. This year's dog crap of the year, disappointing team in the NFL, the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers wins a championship. The Packers beat out the Broncos, the Raiders, and the Rams. We just unveiled our nominees for the usually the Jacksonville Jaguars tank team of the year. Those nominees, the Bears, the Colts, the Texans, and the Panthers. Before we get to our next award, some breaking news brought to you by St. Lucie Battery and Tire. Lovey Smith out as head coach of the Houston Texans. Cliff Kingsbury out as head coach of the Arizona Cardinals and in college basketball. Florida Atlantic 14-1. They've won 13 straight. They are not yet in the AP Top 25. That poll just released. They come in with 33 votes, ranked 28th in the nation as FAU just outside the Top 25. Florida Atlantic will be at FIU on Wednesday and home against North Texas on Saturday. Ken LaVega live here on ESPN 106.3. Do you or a loved one suffer from snoring? Well, I have a solution for you. It's Dr. Neil Goldhaber. He's been treating ear, nose, and throat patients in Florida for over 20, count them, 20 years. He is the authority, not a authority, the authority. In addition to being the nasal and sinus expert, Dr. Goldhaber also treats patients with snoring and sleep apnea. Located in Boynton Beach, Dr. Goldhaber's state-of-the-art office procedures help improve breathing and nasal symptoms. All there for you, and I know a ton of you suffer from snoring, sleep apnea, your nasal problems. Dr. Goldhaber gets you taken care of. Schedule an appointment so you can breathe better today, sleep better tonight. Again, Dr. Goldhaber, get your appointment ready to go. Visit goldsinus.com. That's goldsinus.com or call 561-734-3636. That's goldsinus.com, 561-734-3636. Dr. Neil Goldhaber, Dr. Goldhaber, goldsinus.com, 561-734-3636, All right, time now for our nominees for the Skip Bayless Dumbass Moment of the Year in the NFL this season. And the nominees are, first, the Bills and the Vikings from Buffalo. The Bills in the fourth quarter inside their own one. And this happened. Zero breathing room. He tries to sneak it. The ball is loose. And 
possible? Do the Vikings have it? Matt Joe Davis on the call on Fox. The Buffalo Bills inside their one, trying to run out the clock, and they fumble, allowing the Vikings to recover, score a touchdown, and then the Bills would go on to lose in overtime. Your second nominee for the Skip Bayless Dumbass Moment of the Year, Week 3, Dolphins-Bills, and Finns punter Thomas Morstud with the butt punt. I don't know, this is, this is risky. And we just told you he's only had one block in 14 years, and that was number two. And look at where it comes in the game. Let's see if we can get a... Oh, it oh, hit the, the personal protector, Sherfield. Yep, Thomas Morstead, only the second block punt of his career, and it hit Trent Sherfield in the ass. And that brought the Bills within a possession and nearly lost the Dolphins the game. Your final nominee for the Skip Bayless Dumbass Moment of the Year. Patriots, Raiders, final play. All New England has to do is run up the clock to force overtime. But uh-uh-uh, the Patriots had other ideas. Doc Hollins out on defense. He's all the way back. As uh, Stevenson... Well, is anyone going to... inside the 30, flips it back. Stanford band nowhere in sight. Uh-oh. It's picked off. Uh oh Oh, oh no. Wow. Oh, wow. wow. Incredible. Chandler Jones takes it in and wins the game for the Raiders. That courtesy of Kenny Albert on Fox. The Sin City Stunner. Those are your three nominees for the Skip Bayless Dumbass Moment of the Year. The butt punt. The Minnesota Miracle, part two, and the Sin City Stunner. So, I need to talk about the Dolphins for a moment because that was the least exciting death march of an elimination game, winning you're in, losing you're done, that I think I've ever seen in NFL history. And we had an idea it was going to happen when Skylar Thompson took on Joe Flacco at Hard Rock Stadium. That was a miserable experience yesterday and made only tolerable by the amount of champagne I was drinking during my wife's birthday at this cabana in Fort Lauderdale, where, again, I fixed their TV for them so I could watch the Dolphins. I should have left it broken. I mean, that was bad. Bad, bad, bad. And the only reason that Jason Sanders was in position to kick the game-winning field goal was because the Jets are bad and committed an awful horse collar penalty where there was absolutely no reason to do so. That pushed the Dolphins into field position and won the Dolphins the game 9-6. to I'm excited the Dolphins are in the playoffs on its face. There's nothing to get excited about, though, from a football standpoint. Other than saying, hey, the Dolphins are a playoff team, Cyrus, I feel very little, and I it's absolutely no excitement. It's more trepidation because... The Bills are the team of destiny. The Bills are the people's choice. The Dolphins are going to Buffalo Sunday at 1 o'clock, and I don't see anything other than a curb stomping taking place. Neither do I. It, it's, it's really tough because now the, the only 
The only way I thought the Buffalo's the Bills might have been a little bit vulnerable this past weekend, just because mm-hmm. the obvious distraction and the fact that they were only able to practice one day, and the Patriots were motivated because they had a chance to get to the playoffs. But now they're the, locked in. But now the Bills are they're locked in emotionally. Demar Hamlin seems to be uh, progressing uh, mightily, and again, ho- hopefully he's better and better and better. You know, it, it might be so. The, so the Bills have gotten kind of over that that emotional hump. Now they they're prepared, they're motivated. And what if I could see this? What if Demar Hamlin pulls the Willis Reed and shows up at the game? And the entire I mean, like uh, if, if the Bills were going to like break the Guinness World Record for loudest stadium ever, uh-huh. they would be this Sunday. I don't know if you're the Dolphins. Do you even try to play Tua? Do you play Sky? I don't know. Is Teddy available? It's just I do not see I, I do not see working this working out well for the Dolphins any way, shape, or form this weekend. Skylar Thompson's a great story. I want to make it abundantly clear. He was horrific yesterday. I mean, absolutely putrid. He has no capability to throw with the speed of his receivers. He cannot anticipate and he has no clue how to avoid a pass rush. I mean, I know the Jets are top-notch, but Skylar Thompson waits and waits and waits and waits and waits. The beauty of Tua back there is that he gets the ball, he recognizes, and he throws. Skylar Thompson's uh, ability to, uh, to see what's in front of him and calculate in his brain what he has to do is the equivalent of a, a VCR to 5G. I mean, it's not even close. So that's bad. You know what else is bad? The current situation the Dolphins find themselves in um, when it comes to Tua. Barry Jackson, Miami Herald, he tweeted an hour ago, Tua ended yesterday still in first three steps of concussion protocol. Unclear when three doctors are going to allow him to move to step four and then potentially step five. Any player must clear all five steps to be allowed to play. Mike McDaniel addresses Tua late today, Wednesday, and Friday. If Tua is cleared for step four, doctors must be certain he shows no symptoms to be moved to step five, and then he must be fine after five to exit protocol. Dolphins have declined to say if they'll definitely play Tua this season if he's cleared. Tua's not playing Sunday against the Bills. That's not going to happen, okay? And then, and then, in case... You're feeling some kind of way about Tua, but you say, hey, Skyler Thompson got the one full game under his belt. It's all right. He'll come out. He'll compete against the Bills. He's feeling comfortable now. Life is good. Ian Rappaport, NFL Network. Sources say Dolphins running back Raheem Mostert suffered a broken thumb against the Jets in the season-ending win. His status against the Bills is unclear. The Dolphins have nobody to play anymore. They have nobody to play football any longer. Like I like Mike McDaniel saying, oh, getting to the playoffs, that's not our ultimate goal. How are you going to go to Buffalo and even stay within three touchdowns without Tua, without Raheem Mostert? Tyreek Hill hurt his ankle yesterday. Jalen Waddle, the last we saw of him, he was being helped off the field in the fourth quarter after that horse collar play. Who else? Who's going to play for the Dolphins on Sunday? This is why I said Friday... And I'm going to say it again now. 
Other than being able to say the Dolphins are a playoff team, I almost rather wouldn't have had the Dolphins in the playoffs because Sunday is going to be a carbon copy of the last time the Dolphins got in. 2015 into 2016 went to Pittsburgh and got the absolute hell beaten out of them. That's exactly what's going to happen. They don't stand a chance here. I, I, I can't believe I'm going to say it, but I feel no excitement, Cyrus. I don't. It's more of a who else is going to be out against the Bills on Sunday. There's no excitement to be had here. Great. You backed in in one of the worst games of the season. And this season featured a game between the Broncos and Colts where nothing happened going into overtime. And this rivaled that yesterday. And now you're going to have your head kicked in by the Bills. There's nothing to be excited there, about. There's nothing. I, I don't blame you. I mean, how 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 could you? I mean, if you if you got if you were excited for this game, I'd almost be more worried <laughs> because I, I it would have meant I'm delusional yeah. if I tried to do that thing where I talk myself into what if, what if, what if. There are no what ifs. It's how bad. That's the question. How bad? Not what if. I was gonna say, do you do you pull out the wildcat? But again, you don't even have the guys <laughs> oh, to run man. it. That would be hilarious. No, you absolutely don't. I mean, like you said, you don't. You, if Raheem Mostert's got a broken thumb, he certainly can't handle the ball. And that whole and the whole Wildcat is based on uh, ball handling, fakes, uh, counters. Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill. I, I I have no I have no idea what the Dolphins are going to do. I I'm very glad I am not Mike McDaniel today. Skyler Thompson, Jeff Wilson, Trent First uh, Sherfield. Those appear to be your concrete. Offensive options against the Bills on Sunday. Uh-oh. By the way, you can listen to it right here on ESPN 106.3. I mean, I just... I, and I know people are going to say, oh, Ken's turning his back on his team. Ken's turning his back on his team. No, 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 no. I'm being a realist about my team. I, 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 I love the Dolphins, and I'm glad that Mike McDaniel shuts down any ridiculous firing talk by getting into the playoffs. That's the only redeeming thing, though, that's going to come out of the Dolphins being in the playoffs because they don't have anybody left. There's nobody left to play on Sunday, and they're going to lose by three to four touchdowns to the people's choice that's now the team of destiny, the Buffalo Bills. Why should I? Someone tell me why I should be excited about that. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. What is to be excited about now with the Dolphins? 888-760-3776. He's Cyrus Wittig. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. The 2023 Kenny's brought to you in part by the South Florida Fair. Dino Mike. That's the theme this year. Dinosaurs taking over the South Florida Fair because what's better than dinosaurs? The answer, nothing. It starts January 13th at the South Florida Fairgrounds in West Palm Beach. The South Florida Fair with dinosaurs, exhibits, the excavation zone, of course, the delicious food, and and Friday, Ken Levicka Live broadcast live from the South Florida Fair. Again, the South Florida Fair, SouthFloridaFair.com. Get your tickets, bring the family, bring your loved ones, bring your sweetheart to the South Florida Fair because everybody loves dinosaurs. The South Florida Fair beginning January 13th, that's Friday. For those of you scoring at home, SouthFloridaFair.com. SouthFloridaFair.com. It's your South Florida Fair tickets. Time now to award 
our award for the usually the Jacksonville Jaguars Tank of the Year Award. The usually the Jacksonville Jaguars Tank of the Year Award. The nominees are the Bears, the Colts, the Texans, and the Panthers. The winner is, in an upset, the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers, who fire their coach, who purposely went and acquired Baker Mayfield, who traded Christian McCaffrey and their top receiver, and anybody that made an impact on the offensive side of the ball. Yet, while the result wasn't there, they did make the biggest effort to tank. The Carolina Panthers, who despite all that nearly won their division because their division's terrible. The usually the Jacksonville Jaguars Tank of the Year award winner. Now, we award the Skip Bayless Dumbass Moment of the Year. This is between the Dolphins' butt punt, the Bills gacking away their game to the Vikings in the Minnesota Miracle Part 2, and of course, the Sin City Stunner. The Raiders knocking off the Patriots, New England. The most inexplicable offensive decision we've maybe ever seen in NFL history. And the winner in a blowout by a wide margin is the New England Patriots, the Las Vegas Raiders, and the Sin City Stunner. Seems fair, right, Cyrus? Absolutely. You, didn't, you did not need my input there. There's only one winner. <laughs> a, the, the, we, the other nominees were only there so we could... Uh, build a category. A runaway winner, and it also faced Paul Mac Jones in the turf as it was running away with the award. Real quick, 13-point spread, Georgia TCU tonight. Georgia 38, TCU 24. Christian, where are you going here? Gotta go with the Horned Frogs. Upset, baby! Horned Frogs to cover, Georgia wins by 12. How about that? That's Cyrus. That's Christian. I'm Ken. Bye-bye!